Welcome to Hope Talks Podcast with Grayson Willis and Pastor Margaret Michael, where you'll hear inspiring stories that are filled with hope and good news in Jesus Christ. You can also search for our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and TuneIn. We would love your feedback and invite you to take a short, anonymous survey. You can find the link to the survey in the show notes. Welcome to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. I'm Grayson Willis. Thanks for tuning in. And today I'm joined by our pastor of discipleship here at Church of the Nazarene in Harrisonburg, Pastor Billy Logan. Pastor Billy, how are you doing today? It's good to have you. Hey, Gray. It's, it's good to be on here with you again. Um, yeah, excited to, excited to share. And today, Pastor Billy and I will be talking about discipleship and community, and those two things uh, go together. Um, Pastor Billy, so... You know, when you think about discipleship, and obviously you can't disciple yourself, you got to do that in community, so the two are kind of go hand in hand. So what are some of your first thoughts um, when it comes to that topic? Yeah, no, they're absolutely intertwined, and really community is one of the disciplines that we practice as disciples of Jesus. And I've really been um, kind of looking at discipleship through this framework that— Pastor John Mark Comer uh, kind of led his church through, and it's it's this. It's that discipleship, the framework of it is to be with Jesus and to become like Jesus and then to do what Jesus did. Uh, and he says that to experience the life of Jesus, we must adopt the lifestyle of Jesus. And that's really the definition mm-hmm. of being a disciple. Um, mm-hmm. You see in the, in the Scriptures, his early disciples adopted his lifestyle. They followed him, they studied after him, obeyed him, they imitated him. And so, yeah, I've just been... Um, looking at discipleship through that lens uh, in these days. And when I think of discipleship, I think of growing in our faith. You know, we want to have a personal relationship with Christ, but we also, we don't want to always stay baby Christians. We want to grow, mature, and part of that growth is sharing, you know, what the Lord's done in our lives with others. And we can't disciple others unless others are discipling us. We have to have people pouring into our lives also. Yeah, that's that's absolutely true. Sometimes we can get so excited to uh, go out and just do a bunch of good things for God. We're doing great things for God without knowing God greatly. And so it really comes to this place where we have to surrender our whole selves and allow God to pour into us through His Word um, and through community, um, through the fellowship of believers, but also finding someone to, uh, to mentor, to pour into right. us so that we too— can pour into others, can offer them that which we have experienced um, in our own lives. And yeah, that is, that's, that's kind of the, you know, the process of discipleship. And I was thinking about, uh, actually something stuck out to me in a devotional I read the other day. It was talking about good theology without love is bad theology. Mm. And so we got to love others. We got to show kind of what we've learned in our reading of the Bible and studying of the word. Faith without actions is dead. We got to kind of walk the walk, not just talk the talk, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Paul says that in Corinthians 13 about we could speak the language of angels, we could do all of these wonderful things, but without the holy love of God filling our hearts, it's just noise. Uh, and if there's one thing that our culture doesn't need, it's more noise. Right. Yeah. Also, a scripture from John, you know, right now our uh, life groups at Church of the Nazarene Harrisonburg are studying the book of John and I just think of uh, John chapter 15, verses 12 and 13, um, where it says, uh, This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. 
there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friend. And just, you know, putting others before ourselves and thinking of others before ourselves. It doesn't mean that we think of ourselves any less. It's just thinking about ourselves less often. Yeah, yeah, so no, to speak. that's good. That's, that's really good. And I think that, like, uh, we often, we desire to be disciples of Jesus, but we forget that the way of Jesus um, is the way of the cross. It's a cross-style life. And, I mean, Jesus gave um, the command. He gave the exhortation in Luke 9 and verse 23. He's, and he says to all of them, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily. There's that dying to ourselves, right? right? And follow me and follow after the way, the lifestyle, the way that Jesus um, moved and lived and loved um, but there's, a, you know, we sometimes get to that part. We want to follow without first denying ourselves and right. taking up our cross. Yeah. And we can't do it on our own strength. Mm. We can only do it through his strength. Yep. And uh, it's like the Bible says, I am crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but the life I live, I live through him. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. That's an absolutely important point to point out, that it's his power. It's his spirit at work within us. Any efforts of our own, anyone who's tried it, can confirm the fact that uh, we can't deny ourselves on our own strength. Uh, we can choose to take up our cross, uh, but that's only if we deny our flesh, deny our selfish mm-hmm. tendencies through his power that's at work within us. Um, it certainly is impossible on our own efforts, or we just get exhausted right. with trying and failing and trying and failing right. uh, and not trusting trusting his power. It's like the old hymn, it's not in trying but in trusting, mm. not in running but in resting. Mm, yeah, that's good. That's good for sure because our culture preaches uh, try harder, um, you know, run faster, uh, hurry, 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 get all you can as fast as you can. And so the way of Jesus is really what you just said, Grace, and it's it's in trusting um, in our Heavenly Father's provision. It's in resting um, in what He's already done um, to accomplish, to, to secure our victory, to give us the power to live the way that He's called us to live. And so it flies, yeah. The way of discipleship, according to the Scripture, really flies in the face of what our culture has to offer us. Yeah, and I I think that's why the Scripture says, come to me and I will give you rest. Mm. You know, if we spend time in Him, give Him our burdens, give Him our worries, then He will give us peace. The Bible says He gives us peace that passes all understanding. It's not peace like the world sees peace, but it's His peace. Yeah, absolutely. We're, We're in desperate need of that kind of peace not some false peace that, that the world can give. And, and as disciples, when we follow in the way of Jesus, uh, when we live as his disciples, it's not so much as following because uh, following implies there can be distance. It yeah. implies, um, you know, we can turn and kind of walk away when things get uncomfortable. And we see that in the scriptures, right? Jesus was walking along the road and he, he begins inviting people to follow him. And some say, I'll follow you wherever you go. And then Jesus lets them know like, hey, uh, this is Luke 9 that I'm talking from, but, you know, the foxes have dens, birds have nests, but I'm homeless, basically, right. do you, you know, and, and then another guy, he looks at him and tells him to follow him, and the cat says, well, let me, uh, let me first go bury my father, and Jesus responds, it seems harsh, but really the guy's just saying, hey, I, you know, um, I, that doesn't sound like my kind of life, let me go settle my estates, get comfortable where I have worldly right. um, comfort, peace, security, and Jesus responds, hey, let the dead bury their own dead. But you go yeah. proclaim the kingdom of God. And so, yeah, that following in the way of Jesus um, is certainly, certainly countercultural uh, to what we have going on around us. 
but we know that um, it is the only way to experience uh, overflowing life. Yeah, and it's neat that you mentioned that scripture because I always thought that was harsh of Jesus to say that too. But you got to understand the culture of the times. Like the burial process was like months Mm -hmm. and maybe even years. Like just so he knew that if that guy went back home, he wouldn't be coming back to follow him. Like he had to do it now. Yeah, yeah, and that's what it is. We we have to we have to get back to what does it look like to be a disciple in the way of Jesus, and really, it's allowing His Holy Spirit to indwell us, uh, to fill us, uh, yielding ourselves completely to Him, uh, and not looking back, right? Because the life that He wants to live and pour into us and through us is far better than anything uh, we'll leave behind, and so that's why He calls us to deny ourselves and take up our cross, because that will put to death any half-hearted a non-committed response of, well, Jesus, I'll follow you unless things get tough, and then I'll, yeah. I want to take the reins back. And discipleship's not easy. I mean, it calls us to be vulnerable with others around us, you know, mm. to be transparent. Obviously, we have good times and bad times, and we got to be honest with people when we're discipling with people. You know, it's not always going to be easy. The life of a Christian isn't always easy. You know, that doesn't mean that we're... Um, not going to have hard times because we do. And so, you know, being vulnerable with people with our struggles and, Mm. you know, it doesn't mean that we won't have fears. We just have to take those to the Lord. That's all part of discipleship. And it's also why you want to be in community to have people around you, Christ-like followers and believers that can lift you up in prayer and strengthen you in those difficult times. Yeah. And I think that in the church, we've got a lot of unlearning to do to relearn some of those Uh, those things that you just mentioned, because um, it's easy day by day to get caught up, and and maybe busyness is our greatest sin because it takes our focus off of Jesus and centers it on other things that are not eternal, that aren't lasting. And so just like his early disciples, we need to unlearn some of the things we've we've learned before to relearn um, the way, the rhythm, the the way that Jesus um, really laid it all out there for us. And our culture sells us hey, uh, I got to do me first. I got to do what makes me happy and make the decisions that reflect my interest uh, rather uh, than the church, rather than perhaps what Christ is calling me to in in community. And so, and that requires, like you said, uh, honesty and transparency and and vulnerability and being willing to kind of lay it all out there so that that God can do that work in us. But it happens in community. Yeah, you're right. The Bible calls us to be disciples. It says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in in the name of Jesus. And so we're commanded to be disciples. Yeah, absolutely. If we're wanting to be a, you know, for lack of a better phrase in the moment, a Jesus follower, but really a disciple of Jesus is an apprentice of Jesus. And then what you do as an apprentice is you imitate uh, your teacher. And so as the love of God is poured into our hearts, we go and pour that love into others. Right. And what Jesus said there too, before he ascended in Matthew 28, he said, go make disciples. And then we forget in the next thing. He said, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded right. you. Right. And so like, there's that discipleship piece and you can't do that if you're not in community with others. And so, yeah, that's, that's vitally important aspect of it. Not only are we called uh, to disciple others and to be discipled, but we're also called to be in community. The Bible said, don't stop meeting Mm. together as some have gotten in the habit of doing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And when we see the early church in Acts 2, you know, we know that verse, Acts 2.42, where it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And so that's 
Um, the fellowship and the breaking of bread was an intimate thing. And it, the fellowship that they're talking about there, this community, doesn't really happen on our Sunday morning worship right. gathering. You know, that's vitally important. We got to come to receive the elements of communion and to celebrate baptism and to receive the word and worship together. But if we think that that's enough uh, to live the life that Christ has called us to, um, and we can just live it out on our own throughout the rest of our week, it's just not going to be possible. Yeah. yeah, we can't just be a Sunday Christian, so to speak. It's a Sunday through Saturday, seven days a week. I mean, if you, you know, I'm single, but you're married. If you only spent one day a week with your wife, how well would that work out? Right, right. Don't don't encourage her. She may take you up on that. <laughs> um, no, it's, it's, yeah, that's true. Uh, relationships require time. They require transparency. They require, you know, they require you to be together so that you can grow deeper. And Dallas Willard, he said this, he said, spiritual formation, which is discipleship, it's that process of discipleship, becoming like Christ, Christ-likeness. Um, it cannot, in the nature of the case, he says, be a private thing, because it's a matter of whole life transformation. You need to seek out others in your community who are pursuing the renovation of the heart. And so there, there he kind of lays it out that like, because becoming a disciple, because of becoming Christ-like is a whole life transformation, not just certain aspects of our lives, but we need God to transform us completely inside and out, and we call that holiness. Right. Um, we have to have others who are pursuing that kind of journeying uh, alongside us right. in real community. Yeah, and when you're talking about he wants all of us, I think about he wants when we give him keys to our life, keys to the house, so to speak. It's not like we lock a certain door or a certain room and say you can't go in there. Mm. He wants everything. Yeah, absolutely. You know, recently I was um, talking with my dad, um, telling him that I was going to be talking with you about discipleship. And he told me, he said, uh, if we hold back from God less than our all, yes, our everything, then discipleship is diminished. Mm. Um, So not only is discipleship discipling others, but we need to be seeking God's word to help us. Um, disciple, and we need to be honest with God, you know, not holding back anything, um, not, you know, like I said, locking certain doors, saying you can't have this area. You can have these areas, but you can't have this area. Yeah, and that's that's another reason that we need a community, because without accountability, yeah. and you know, the Holy Spirit is our conscience. He is the one who keeps us in check if we're deeply desiring to become like Jesus. But like you said, that the quote there that you just read, it does, it diminishes, it stunts our discipleship, our, our formation into Christ's image, into Christ's likeness. And I shared this a few months ago in a sermon, and it was, if you're in Christ, if you declare to be a Christian, then you've declared Jesus as your Messiah, which right. means he is truly your king. Right. And kingship uh, at its foundation means to come under the authority of and no, not by some coercion, but by your free will. Um, it's to say, Jesus, I surrender my autonomy. That's my self-rule and my control uh, to you. It's to surrender that to someone other than ourselves. And this this is tough in our culture because this flies in the face of what we stand for in right. Western American culture. And we can feel that tension in our lives, even for, especially for us who are Christians who carry the name of Christ. But as we look at his word, the church, the followers of Jesus are called to be a counter-narrative people in the world in which we're living. And like you said, we're to be enlivened and led by the Word and Jesus. Um, that is, Jesus is the Word and His Word, the Scriptures that we have. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. 
that unless we're yielded completely to him and connected to real uh, community, um, it just diminishes right. diminishes that whole process. A minute ago you were saying about he is the word. I think about in the beginning of the Bible it says, in the beginning was the word. Mm. In the beginning was Jesus. Yeah, Jesus was the word. And it was saying that the word was with God and the word was God. Well, Jesus was with God and Jesus is God. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And once we get our minds around that um, and really yield our hearts to that truth, then following Jesus in the way, uh, you know, denying ourselves, right. uh, taking up our cross daily. And it's a daily thing. That's what we forget sometimes, um, that it has to happen um, every day uh, that we wake up, we get out of the bed. We right. have to realize we're following Jesus um, in the way of the cross, a step at a time, a day at a time, um, knowing that he is the only way, that he is the truth, that life is only found in him. And, um, yeah, that he directs us when we're deeply connected to his word, connected to his people in community. But there's also an enemy out there. And I think through the recent years we've been living in, I think the enemy has capitalized on the disruption that we've all felt. Um, You know, the pandemic and everything that kind of came from that um, and some of the effects we're still feeling. I think the enemy of our soul has capitalized on that disruption and has worked his way into the lives of many um, who are believers in Jesus. And so we've seen, sadly, we've seen people leaving the church, um, disconnecting. There's, there's this whole movement of deconstructing their faith. And, and oftentimes, uh, in the midst of all this, we've made secondary issues uh, matters of utmost importance, um, distancing ourselves from those with whom we disagree, rather than working towards that, that unity that Jesus yeah. prayed for in John 17. And so... We as the church, we, the people who are supposed to be one in Christ, uh, are having this tendency to lean out and to turn away from one another, and then that causes us to turn our hearts away from the Lord. And the truth is that we'll never experience unity in the church and with other believers uh, or with God himself if we're leaning out and not leaning in to all that Christ has to offer for us. That's good, Pastor Billy. And I was thinking you were talking about how the enemies used these times, the last couple of years, he's used it to isolate people. Mm. Isolation is very scary because if the Lord can cause us to get out of community with other believers, um, he can cause us to doubt, doubt God, doubt ourselves. He doesn't necessarily want us to do bad stuff. He just wants to keep us distracted from God and God's plan. And whether that's keeping us busy, you know, getting us back into just do, 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 do. Mm and not spending time with him or spending time in Christian community or discipleship. Yeah, that's good, Grayson. And in this social isolation, uh, Peter Marty says this. He says, we've learned the truth of Frederick Buchner's words. Uh, you can survive on your own. You can grow strong in some sense on your own, and you can prevail on your own, but you cannot become fully human on your own because if we take a look at God's word, to become fully human is to become more and more like Christ. And yeah. so um, we can't do that on our own. Only in real community will we experience the real riches of Christ Jesus. Yeah, and you're talking about becoming more like Christ. And we know that in a post-Pentecost world that Christ lives in us mm-hmm. as believers, that when we accept him into our heart, he comes and lives. And so it's not through our own strength anymore. It's through his strength uh, that he compels us. We're compelled to be disciples. We're compelled to live in community and be in community. Um, our faith compels us to action. Yeah, absolutely. I realize I've said absolutely a whole lot. I'm just in agreement with you. Um, so, yeah, you can't disconnect uh, following the way of Jesus, being a disciple of Jesus, 
a sanctuary, right, of his presence, allowing him to fill us um, and guide and direct us um, in every way and somehow write off community uh, because the two are intricately connected. Um, part of our discipline as disciples is being in community with one another. And, yeah. And, Pastor Billy, a couple other scriptures uh, that come to my mind when I think of, you know, being in community and discipleship. I read a scripture from uh, John earlier and another scripture from John just a few verses later you didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command, love each other. So that was also in John 15. That was verses 16 and 17. We were chosen. We didn't choose him. He chose us. But part of being chosen as children of God is that he wants us to produce fruit. And part of producing fruit is discipleship. Yeah, that's good. Because, yeah, it says that he chose us before the foundations of the world that we might, you know, know him, live him, bear fruit in him, through him. And so, yeah, I think that following him in the way, and not only that, is remembering that his great commission to his disciples uh, to go, to make disciples, is really a call just as you're going, as you're living the life, your gifts, your talents, in your workplace, wherever you're going, let the love of God fulfill your heart that it only can come out to those you meet, you know, that it doesn't mean that everybody's going to be Peter or Paul or all of that. There's people with different giftings and teachings, but we're all called to share the love of God. We're all called to take up our cross, to follow Jesus in the way, to live out our lives in such a way that the culture, the people around us see something different and they yearn for that. And then we turn and point them um, to Jesus and tell them that he is the only way. Um, to experience the life that they might see us living. And as you were talking about, not everybody's Peter or Paul. Like, we're all different gifts. The Bible Mm. even says, you know, if you have the gift to encourage, encourage. Mm. If you have the gift of generosity, then give generously. Um, If you have the gift to preach or teach, preach or teach. You know, all of us have different gifts, different talents, and he wants us to use those for his glory. I read the scripture about We didn't choose God. God chose us. Some people believe in predestination, but I believe that God chose everyone. It's just whether or not we're going to receive that gift. Yeah, that's true. That's what it is. It's it's receiving um, that uh, by an act of free will. And, you know, you were talking there about all the different gifts and the different talents and the different callings that God has on each of our lives. And that's the beauty of being in community, because then you get to see those things working together in unity. Uh, that's why the church is is also called the body of Christ. Yeah. Uh, body has many parts. Right. Yep. Yeah. yeah. We can't all be an eye or we can't all be an ear or a hand or a foot because he needs different parts and all parts are important. No part is more important than any other part. Yeah. That's why we desperately need the fellowship that we see in the scriptures, the church community and life together with one another because of what you just said there. Right. And another important part to community is serving. Just any thoughts you have on the importance of serving in community? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, Philippians, Paul writes, he writes in in Philippians to the church in Philippi in in chapter two. Uh, He says, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, any comfort from his love, any calming, sharing the spirit, any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete and being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one mind, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, 
not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. And so this is, you know, don't look to your own interests, but the interests of others. And if we're truly living that out, as Christ did, you know, Christ said, I came to serve, to be a servant, not to be served. And so if we're walking in the way of Jesus, if we're, what what we say at the beginning, if we're spending time with Jesus and becoming like Jesus and doing what Jesus did, then naturally serving is going to be part of that. And so sometimes I think we try to get the cart before the horse rather than uh, really spending time with Jesus and allowing his spirit to make us like him, to fill us, to cleanse us, to purify us, so that then to be like him, to do what he did, becomes as a natural overflow of our hearts. It's as natural as breathing, so to speak. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's how the mind of Christ is formed in us. We yield ourselves to him and his spirit makes us like him. And then we go out and we look to others' interests because naturally you and I would agree. Our first thought is usually about, you know, what suits me, what feels good to me, what makes me comfortable. And so without without holiness, really it's impossible to live the kind of life that Paul is calling the church to live. And one of the most simple definitions of holiness is from the Matt Marr song, uh, holiness is Christ in me. Mm, yeah. You know, Christ living in us. You know, it says, without holiness, we can't see the Lord. Yeah, so. that's that's true. The Word says that. And so that's uh, that's why we must be with Jesus to become like Him. And um, we see part of becoming like Him is being in community right. with others. Um, he had that time uh, where He sought the Lord in prayer and the heart of His Father. But then we see Him living amongst the people, right. living with His disciples, uh, and truly valuing life together, the importance of, of relationships. You know, as your dad always had said, relationships matter most. Right. And so... Um, Diedrich Bonhoeffer writes this in his book, Life Together. He says, The more clearly we learn to recognize that the ground and strength and promise of all our fellowship is in Jesus Christ alone, the more serenely shall we think of our fellowship and pray and hope for it. And so, you know, as we talk about being a disciple of Jesus, being with him, becoming like him, doing what he did, my encouragement, my call, my exhortation, whatever it would be to those who were listening, would be let's redeem this idea of biblical community and get it right here in Rockingham County or wherever wherever you're listening, wherever you might live, ultimately because there are souls that hang in the balance. Right. Yeah, souls are dependent on us being disciples, you know, being a witness to those around us, being an agent of reconciliation. Um, the Bible calls us to be agents of reconciliation. And uh, in a recent uh, teen retreat um, for our Nazarene district here in Virginia, um, the speaker that week on Sunday morning was talking about how, and I think you alluded to this earlier, how Christ said, I came to serve, not to be served. And as she said that morning, and he to king. Mm. So if he came to serve and not to be served, then we certainly should serve and live by his example. That's true. That's true. And that's part of the humility aspect of uh, following Jesus and recognizing that in ourselves, you know, um, there's nothing good, but in him we have everything we need. And as he transforms our heart, uh, yeah, it's just like we're thinking, as Peter did, you know, Jesus, you can't wash my feet. Right. And Jesus said, you know, if I don't wash you, you have no part in me. And then he told them to go and do likewise. And so sometimes we get to that and we have to humble ourselves and say, yeah. well, if this is my example and he is the king of kings, right. then what other, you know, what other path? What, what you know? I have no choice in a sense. Right. Um, I, I am I'm compelled to do so 
because his love has so right. filled my heart. Yeah, and the washing of feet was like one of the, that was a servant's job. Like one of the lowest servants mm-hmm. would do that. So if Jesus did that, you know, that's another culture thing. That wasn't something that the owner of the house or the master would do. Yeah. That's a, so if he humbled himself to us, that's why it says uh, the first will be last and the last will be first. Mm. Yeah, that's good. And it's, it comes back to that, the way of the cross, right? Denying ourselves. Right. Uh, denying ourselves. Well, Pastor Billy, thank you for joining me today. This has been a great discussion. Just any other final thoughts that you'd like to add today uh, to this conversation? No, I, I thinking about uh, discipleship, thinking about community and the vital importance of that life together lived with other believers. You know, I would encourage you, if you were to continue to live the way that you're living, in the rhythms that you live, uh, in the way that what you value, for the next five years, 10 years, what kind of person would you become? Uh, would you become someone more deeply and fully loving and living into the life and the way of Jesus, embodying um, his holy love? And, and would you be more selfless in your love towards other? And so the question is, who are you becoming? Right. Because ultimately, that is what you'll take to eternity. Wow. That's good. Thank you, Pastor Billy. That's really good word, you know. It's like the Bible says, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Mm. Um, where moth and rust do not destroy, because where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Yeah. So that's good. Uh, thank you again for joining me today, Pastor Billy. It's been great to have you. Yeah, thank you for having me, Grayson. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. I pray that as Pastor Billy and I have talked today and shared today about community and uh, discipleship and the importance of it, that today's broadcast of Hope Talks truly has been a half hour of hope for your life. May God bless. Hope Talks is sponsored by Church of the Nazarene Harrisonburg in partnership with Sunshine Ministries. Thanks for listening to today's podcast of Hope Talks. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe for updates and the latest episodes. Also, if you're in the Harrisonburg, Rockingham County area, we invite you to listen on the radio each Sunday at noon on 1470 AM or 102.1 FM WBTX.